Hi, welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God, He loves you, and wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. You know, the last weekend, my wife and I, we were traveling for Father's Day, and um, it was awesome because it was my first uh, Father's Day, and, and so I'm going to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. And to all the other dads, we celebrate you. Happy belated Father's Day. Again, we were traveling, those watching, happy Father's Day. And um, we were actually up with uh, some family. We were staying over at my, my father-in-law's house, actually. And while we were there, uh, one, one of the days that we were there, we were uh, out front of the house. And um, my wife and I, we were just kind of talking, uh, you know, about something. We were having a conversation. And out of nowhere, I saw this flying object just come, like, through the porch. And, like, I, like, stepped back because I thought it was a bat. And I turned to my wife and I said, I feel like a bat just flew right through uh, the, the front porch. Some time went by later on in the evening. She opened up her phone, and as she opened up her phone, uh, apparently Siri suggested that we needed a bat trapper. Follow me now for a second. Apparently, uh, we were suggested because I happened to say the word bat, like Big Brother got activated on our phone, and they thought that we were now in uh, disarray because there's a swarm of bats that's about to get us and we have to have a trapper. I didn't even know there was such thing as a bat trapper available on Prime, but you can actually get that on Amazon Prime. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real product. And so I started laughing because my wife said, oh my gosh, it's because you said bat that this came up on the phone. And I looked at her, I said, you know what I'm going to say next? I want free money. <laughs> I hope I get an ad that starts giving free money. And I thought to myself, how many times have you opened up social media or some type of digital platform and it suggests something that Siri thinks you need or Alexa is trying to let you know, hey, uh, you're running a little short on Tide, so maybe you need to reorder some Tide Pods right now. I don't know. You ever have that happen to you before? And, and you're scrolling through your phone and all of a sudden all these ads start popping up on your different social media feeds. And it's like, hey, I'm just trying to see what's going on on Instagram right now. I'm just trying to check some stories. I really did not know that I needed new socks and underwear. Like, this stuff happens. I know I'm not acting crazy about this. And so as, as I was uh, on my phone and I was scrolling through just kind of like, you know, looking through Instagram, all of these different ads were happening, and I said, I'm getting so sick of this, and so I swiped all the way to the top, and I don't know if you know this feature, but you can swipe and hold all the way down, and it will refresh your feed. You ever heard of that before? A refreshing of your feed? And then what was there is no longer there. Your feed starts to get cleaned up. Today I want to just talk to you from the subject line, refreshing your feed. Because I believe many of us in the first six months of the year, we've let our feeds get so congested with things that we think that we need or we've allowed people to suggest things that they think that we need that our feeds gotten so congested that we no longer know how to function as the church anymore. Some of us need to learn how to refresh the feed. Tell somebody next to you, refresh the feed. Now let's make it personal. Refresh your feed. If you're watching at home today, I want you to just type that in. Just put right there on the comment section, I'm going to refresh my feed after we're done, concluded with online, because I don't want you to log off and get away from what God's about to do. But I want you to refresh 
the feed spiritually today. We need to refresh the feed mentally today. We need to refresh the feed. There's so many voices that are competing for our attention right now that our feeds are so congested. We've allowed ourselves to be entertained by so many different voices and so many different political platforms and, and perspectives and opinions that we don't even know who we are as the church. But I believe this with all of my heart. When, when we can learn to refresh the feed, God will begin to transition us. He'll begin to bring us from what was to what is. And what is is what he has in store for you and for me. Because I'm reminded that the word of the Lord this year is that there would be a supernatural flow that would be released. We are in a crossing over right now. You say, what are you talking about, Sean? Do you realize that we are at the end of June? We are past the halfway mark of this year. And if I remember correctly, God's about to do something so big, so awesome, so incredible in the latter half of this year that these last four months is going to seem like a dream. Now don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm grateful that we've had some things that's come to light over the last several months. Some issues that we need to deal with, some conversations that we need to have. But there comes a point that we got to move from just having conversation to start seeing some restoration, some healing... But it starts when you refresh the feed, when you refresh yourself. My Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it says, Don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewed mind. The renewed mind simply means to change the way you think. Some of us, we got to change the way that we think. One thing that I've discovered with that scripture is this, is that conformity only destroys humanity. When we are conforming to the mindsets of the world, all that it is doing is it's des destroying, it's dividing, it's tearing apart humanity. And so there comes a moment that we got to start changing the way that we think, we got to start refreshing the feed so that we can begin to think the way that God thinks when it comes to our purpose, when it comes to who he's called us to be as the church, in our community, in our nation, across the world. And so we get to this place that we have to begin what I'm going to call a crossover. we got to cross over from what was into what God is calling us to do and who God is calling us to be. Now all that to preface and put us in place for where I want to take you today. If you can, turn with me to the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verses 13 and we're going to lean a little bit into chapter 6. And while you're turning to Joshua 5 and verse 13, I want to start off by saying this. In the Bible it says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1, it says that there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. And then it goes on to talk about all the different things in regards to the seasons of life that we would experience and go through. But can I point out another season of life that is very, very real but we don't really draw too much attention to? It's the season of transition. Because see, transition in and of itself can become a season. Transitions aren't always overnight. In fact, some of us that are sitting here today have been in an extended season of transition. We haven't fully stepped into the new season or the next season. I believe even us as the church right now, we're in a season of transition. Who would have thought overnight that we had to go from having just regular corporate services to becoming a church online because of everything that's taken place through COVID? Over, we, we had to spend several months in transitioning to being able to create an online platform. You say, well, you, weren't you doing streaming before? We were, but not with the intention 
that now we've got more people that are watching online. Do you realize that we have over 40,000 people that watch us weekly, whether it's live or a rebroadcast? Thousands of people are watching around the world. You that are watching right now. And as the church, we had to create a transition so that we could be in a, in, a, in a new place of awareness so that we could minister in a way that you don't feel disconnected. And so when it comes to the seasons of life, there's the season of transition that we go through. And transition a lot of times is hard. Transition is, 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 is sometimes when it's not how we thought or the way that it was going to work out. Transition really just reveals tension. And if you've ever been stuck in the transitional season of life, you feel the tension, you feel the pressure. It's, it's, it's almost like a, a rubber band that's being pulled back, the tension. The tension is being pulled, it's being pulled, it's being pulled to the point where it's either going to break or it's going to release. And many of us were either at a breaking point or a releasing point, depending on where we're at when it comes to our faith walk. James chapter 1 says this. He says, count it all joy when you fall into divers, temptations, testings, and trials, that the trying of your faith will produce patience. If I were to ask, how is your faith looking right now with all the trying of what's going on in the world, do you really have patience? Is that tension about to break you? Or do you got enough faith to let this thing get all the way to its last point where God is now, okay, we're releasing. And I believe God's ready to release us and catapult us and launch us to a greater and a new and a better season of life. And so Joshua in chapter 5 verse 13, we find him in a very interesting situation here. Joshua is now resumed leadership or has, has stepped into the leadership role on behalf of God's people. In fact, in Joshua chapter 1, it opens up by saying, now Moses, my servant, he's gone ahead and passed away. And now Joshua, I'm calling you to lead my people to a promised land, to a place that I've promised filled with milk and honey. The interesting thing about that is he goes on in chapter 1 to let Joshua know, be strong and courageous three times. Now, often we'll read those types of scriptures and we'll just assume God, you know, wanted to encourage him be strong and courageous in fact he, he continues to go on and say this he says you need to meditate on the law of day and night that you would make your way prosperous now before I read five chapter five can I just kind of shed a little light on this we read from the perspective that Joshua was meditating on the word of God I'm talking about the Bible Joshua did not have the Bible at that point he had the law that Moses had written. He didn't have psalms that he could go to to build him up in praise. He didn't have proverbs to give him wisdom. He didn't have the gospels of Jesus to reflect on, to be encouraged, so that he could continue to move in next level faith and miracle power. None of this was available at the time with Joshua. All that he had was a law to refer to, to keep order, and God building him up, telling him, be strong and courageous. See, we got to really look at what's going on when we're talking about these scriptures and these stories because Joshua was no more than flesh and bone like you and I. He went through the same struggles, the same mindsets. He went through all the same frustrations and tensions. And here he is now appointed by God to transition from 40 years of being in a wilderness to now being into a promised land or a place of promise. And so... Chapter 1 starts off by the Lord speaking to Joshua and building him up. 
And so what begins to take place is Joshua mobilizes all of the Israelites and they cross over the Jordan River. And as they've crossed over the Jordan River, it says that they were on the plains that overlooked where Jericho was. And Joshua went ahead and he had 40,000 troops mobilized to prepare to take Jericho. And so as we find here in chapter 5, something really interesting is taking place. And it says this, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I want to lean into chapter 6 and it says this, now Jericho, now Jericho. Now Jericho. Chapter 5 verse 13 says Joshua was by Jericho. But in chapter 6 it now states now Jericho. There comes a point where we have to transition from being by something to activating and taking our rightful authority in place and having the victory in the things that God's called us to, in the promises that he has for your life. And many of us, we can even look at what's going on in society, in our nation, in the world right now, and we could be standing by it. But my question is, are you taking your rightful place and being active in it? I'm talking about from a kingdom perspective, with kingdom authority. We were talking about this the other night on our Wednesday night, and I love our kingdom talks that we have on Wednesday. They're so cool. But we started talking about a little bit of the breakdown of what the kingdom of God is. Book of Romans says that the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm amazed at Christians that talk about, man, I'm a kingdom builder. I, I represent the kingdom. But you don't have joy. You don't have peace. You're not living right. And you're telling me that you're led by the spirit? The spirit of what? Because the Bible says the kingdom is not meat and drink. And I made mention of this the other night. That's not just dealing with food and beverage that's sitting on the table. That's talking about the things of this world. The kingdom is not found in the, in the fleshly, lustly things of this world. But it is found being in the spirit of God that produces righteousness, peace, and joy. And so there's this crossover that has to take place, this transition that has to take place, that we as the church have to activate our authority in the kingdom and be led by the Spirit if we are going to walk in the fullness of the word of the Lord that was spoken over this house for this year. I want to draw your attention to the word of the Lord for this year. It wasn't just another New Year's Eve, let's get together, and this sounds good, thank you, Bishop, from hearing from God that made me feel great, and yay, and it was a big, awesome night. The word of the Lord is what determines the outcome of your purpose and destiny. Are you wanting to see God do a new thing? And if you are, are you willing to be active in that word? Or is it just a, another word, another message, another sermon? Yay, that was great. I believe this. The word of the Lord is true through and through. 
and for my life and for my family, and I believe for this house and for your family, God wants you to prosper like never before. God wants you to be in good health like never before. God wants you to be physically and mentally whole like never before. He wants to see that flow just be released through your life like never before. And so Joshua is in this situation right now that he's literally on the threshold of what was and what's about to be. He was going from being by Jericho to now, as the scripture says right here, now Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel, none went out, none came in, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. See today that God's given you the victory and the promises into your hand. See that God is good and that he loves you and that he wants to bless you today. But Joshua's in this place, and I love this, and I want to I give you three things today that allowed Joshua to cross over, to transition, to move from being by Jericho to now having Jericho in his hand. I'll give you three things. The first thing is this, when Joshua had an encounter, now I want to I wanna, I wanna point this out today, is that who he was encountering was not an angel of the Lord, he was encountering the Lord himself. You got to understand that, he was encountering the Lord himself. You don't bow down and worship angels. You only bow down and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Jesus recognized so much so that the, 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 the call that is upon Joshua's life is so significant that I need to meet him face to face. Because see, in the opening part of Joshua, it just said the word of the Lord came to Joshua, told him be strong and courageous. My question is, from chapter 1 to chapter 5, where did Joshua lose heart for the Lord to have to come back and meet him? So we don't talk about that. We don't look at that. We don't assume that. We think Joshua is just this awesome biblical character. Man, he's running with victory. Everything is great. He was just like us. Could you imagine having to take 40,000 people, mobilize them, and tell them for six days, do not open your mouth and walk around a wall? Are you kidding me? If I were to tell you today for six days, walk around this church and do not open your mouth, I highly doubt. <laughs> well, we don't want the walls of this church to come down. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is that when you think about that, we're interesting people. 40,000 people could not open their mouth until it was time. I love what we say and we preach this. The instructions you follow, it certainly determines your future and so the Lord comes to Joshua with a man this man this 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 is so awesome the Lord is so bad to the bone man he's got a sword drawn in his hand I mean like can you get a visual of this he has a sword drawn in his hand and Joshua comes up to him and here's what he says man this is crazy right here he said are you for us or for our adversaries let me tell you something the Lord comes to Joshua when he says, I'm not for you, and I'm not for the adversaries. I'm for me, and you need to get on my side. Right now, we're fighting about what side are you on? Are you on this side? Are you on that side? You just need to be on God's side right now. Until you get on God's side, God ain't going to get on your side. He said, I'm not for sides. In fact, I love this. He just simply says, no. No. I mean, how boss is that? He says, you for us or for our adversaries? He says, no. No. 
But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And so here's the first thing that Joshua did. It says that Joshua, he fell to his knees and he worshipped. My God, when we as a church can get back to getting on our knees and worship, I'm not talking about when we just come together on Sundays, which thank God, praise God, we got amazing worship and talented and gifted uh, musicians and singers and so on and so forth. I'm talking about an active lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle where you're postured in the presence of God, a life where you're willing to get on your knees and get before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to refresh this feed right now so that I can carry your presence everywhere that I go, so that I can walk in the fullness of your love in your grace, that I can see every single promise be made true, that I can take the Jerichos of life in my hand, that I can know that I got victory in all things. Some of us got to get back to that place of worship again. But I do believe that we all carry out an active lifestyle of worship. Just the question is, what are you worshiping? What does your worship look like? Are you worshiping and praising those that are the ones you're trying to get on your side to justify your perspective, your opinion, your point of view? Or is your worship your, because see true worship is, is, is being able to get alone in a place where you can honor and exalt the Lord. It's this place where nothing else matters except for his presence. I love what David said. He said, you can take everything away from me, but don't take your presence. Worship is what allows you to unlock the presence of God in your life. Without presence, there's no power. Without presence, there's no power. And so Joshua, he goes to, the, to, 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 to his knees. He lays on the, and he begins to... Worship the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. He surrendered his leadership. He surrendered his leadership. All of us, we want to be active in leading something. We want to be part of a cause. We want to be part of a, a, a movement. We want to be part of a, a, a protest. We want to be part of a riot. We want to be part of this. We want to be part of that. We all want to lead something. But at the end of the day, if you want to see God move in your life, it's when you surrender your leadership, your personal perspective, your personal preference, and allow the Lord to begin to lead your life. The Bible says, I'll go before you that nothing would be against you. The only way that God can go before you is when you surrender all to him. Not some, not part, not a little, all. Tell somebody next to you all. And so Joshua surrenders his leadership to the commander of the Lord's army. Until we surrender to the Lord, we will not see the victory. I want to give you the last thing today, and I'm going to just take a moment here before we conclude, and I hope that you're getting something out of this today. But I believe when we're in a place of worship, when we're in a place of surrender, we begin to allow our lives to be refreshed in a way that God can move in our life. We need our feeds to be refreshed. And the last thing that Joshua did was an act of obedience because the Lord tells him, take off your sandal because the place where you're standing is holy ground. You want to go 
deeper into your purpose, deeper into God's presence, deeper into what God has for your life, some of us have to take off some things. Some of us are going to have to take off some old shoes, some old mindsets. See, this is the part that I love, and I've spoken from this passage before, but I think this is such a significant part right here. Because not only does he surrender leadership and say, God, now you're in control, but by taking off his sandal was surrendering a mindset because for 40 years, God was the one that sustained the sandal not to be broken, torn, and to fall apart. And in this moment, the Lord is saying, where I'm about to take you, you can't wear what was. You can't put on former things. I'm about to take you into a new thing and you, you, you can't have this on your feet anymore. For this moment right now, I want you to encounter me, Joshua, in a way that you've never been encountered. Because see, up until this point, Joshua never had an encounter with the Lord. Moses had an encounter with the Lord face to face on top of a mountain. But this was the moment that the Lord was coming to Joshua and he was saying, I'm going to encounter you today. And when you allow me to encounter you, victory will take place. Victory will be in your hands. Now Jericho will happen. But see, here's what happens when you take off your shoes. When you take off your shoes, you're exposed. And a lot of us, we put on our shoes because, or our sandals, because we don't want to be exposed. We don't want people to see what possibly might be a little stinky. Some of y'all might need to get some pedicures after this. You're, you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? Hmm, I could actually go for a pedicure today. But that's the thing. Because when I take my shoes off and I'm exposed, now I'm in a place of full surrender. Now I'm in a place where God truly can do what he wants to do in my life. And we'll never transition forward. I love when people say, well, you know, I can't wait till we get back to the way things were. It's not going to go back to the way things were. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not caught up with all this new normal stuff that's going on and, and all these, these things that's happening. But what I am getting at is that we as a church have to transition forward. We have to think a little bit different. We have to respond a little bit different. We have to act a little bit different. And it doesn't happen until you fully surrender. And so I was thinking about this because the other day when I got home, I did as I always do and I kicked my, my shoes off. And my feet were totally exposed and as long as I was walking in my house, everything was great, everything was good. My feet weren't getting cut up or hurt because you know we've got nice floors. But I walked out back to take the trash out and we had this kind of like area where there's these rocks and stuff on the ground. And as I stepped on, I was like, ah, man, I should have put my shoes back on. But when I got back into my house, my feet were no longer in a place that they were exposed and hurting. And I realized this is because inside my house, I'm walking on a firm foundation. And I don't have to have shoes in my house because my feet are secure. And I want to tell you today, when you're willing to take your shoes off, just like Joshua did, and get into the presence of the Lord, now you're standing in a firm foundation. Now you're in a place that, that, that even though they might not be physically covered in the sense of that the shoe is off, you're in a place that God has now spiritually covered you. And you know what? He does physically cover you, and he does watch over you. And see, that's the thing, is when my firm foundation is in Christ Jesus, 
No matter where I step, he's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. No matter where I go, I get to kick my foot up and put it on that footstool because Satan, man, he's under my feet. And so there comes a point when you're willing to surrender and take off and be exposed in the presence of God, you're going to have coverage. You're going to have coverage, full coverage. I'm not talking about like partial AT&T coverage because you decided to go to some remote area and your call dropped out and you had to jump on WhatsApp. I'm talking about full coverage everywhere that you go. He's with you in and through and all things. But it starts when you refresh your feed. When you get like Joshua and you say, it's not about sides, it's about the presence of God. Well, as you're watching at home today, it's not about sides, it's about the presence of God. It's about surrendering all to the Lord. It's about willing to take off the old things, the former things, so that God can do a new thing today in your life. Thank you for listening. We trust that the message you have heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry and resources, or to show your continued support, we invite you to log on to AbundantLife.tv.